Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Don't touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Dread Podcast Network. Welcome to Development Hell. For every horror movie that hits VOD, countless others end up DOA. Development Hell is the podcast dedicated to unearthing these cursed horror productions. We're going to find out what went wrong and then decide if these titles still stand a shot at the green light. I am your host, Josh Korngut. I am the managing editor of Dread Central. I am also a filmmaker in Toronto, Canada. This podcast is a proud member of the Dread Podcast Network. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Development Hell. Today, we are digging into James Wan's unmade Texas Chainsaw Massacre film from 2006. It wasn't just one. It wasn't just two. But rumor has it they were going to be a trilogy of unmade films, and we're going to dig into that a little bit later. Today, I am joined by my Dread Podcast Network siblings, Kat and Jazz of Girl That's Scary. How's it going today? Hey! It's going pretty good. (laughs) Could you do me a favor and introduce yourselves to the Development Hell audience? Hello, hi, I'm Kat, one half of the Girl That's Scary podcast. Uh, I like long walks around the creek and eating sandwiches. I'm happy to be here. Hey, hey guys, I am Jazz, the 40 ounce connoisseur, the other half of Girl That's Scary. And you know, I enjoy roaming the wasteland and fallout, watching very bloody movies and enjoying a 40 ounce beer. For people that haven't actually listened to your podcast, yet how would you just how would you describe it i would say it's a horror comedy podcast we just make stuff funny by accident but we just talk about horror sci-fi and everything in between so maybe you might get a one-off gts review you might get a deep dive into a franchise or we might swoop in and talk about an entire subgenre so you never know what 
you're going to get. Well, today, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about the James Wan unmade Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. But we're going to be talking about a lot of things. We're going to be talking about James Wan and his legacy. We're going to talk about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. And of course, this unmade movie. The references for today's episode are by author Cody Hammond of Joe Blow and Jason Jenkins over at Bloody Disgusting. The audience here might remember Jason from being on a ton of these episodes. So if you want to show him some love, follow him on Twitter at Jinx1981. First thing I want to talk about today with you guys is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. We all know it started in 1974 with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, directed by Toby Hooper. It went on to spawn nine films of various timelines. And I'm just wondering, how would you describe this film to someone that just landed from Mars? Wow. From <laughs> Mars. Yeah. They don't know about it. <laughs> uh, musty. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, a musty family eats humans. That's oh. what I would tell them. Um, mm-hmm. And that is overall what the franchise is. Like, of course, there's uh, it says other things. There's other, you know, subtext in the movies. It's it's a bunch of musty people eating people. It's it's a lot going on with that family and somebody really needs to call the authorities on them. I don't understand why they're allowed to just hang out in Texas. Like that's mm-hmm, wild to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like the authorities are often called and then they're often just as bad, if not worse, or just related. Oh, yeah. damn. Question for both of you. What is your general relationship with this franchise? How does it stack up to all of the other iconic horror franchises for you? Oh, okay. Well, this is usually just like a fun one to just throw on in the background for me. My fave of out of all are is like the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise mm-hmm. so the texas chainsaw mask was like all right let's get into something dusty today and not in a bad way but like it's wow i first got into this film kind of watching the first one and then but really after watching the 2003 version so as a teen so um it it, it really like it, it messed me up <laughs> mm-hmm. um so that's where this franchise is for me kind of grew up watching a lot of the sequels i did not see the original movie until after i I saw the 2003 remake. I went to theaters for my 13th birthday and was like, mom, I got to see this movie. And she's like, all right, whatever. And I'm in there, 13 year old me is like, oh my God, they're putting people on hooks. Oh Lord. <laughs> um, so it, it that movie definitely traumatized me. And I think if you want to feel a little uncomfortable, if you want to watch a movie that's going to make you want to shower afterwards, any of the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies would be, um, ideal. I like watching them during the summer to throw it in the background. They do feel like um, a dusty, musty summer. And, you know, I enjoy watching at least one of them out of the franchise, like, at least once a year. Yeah, I feel like I'm getting at least one of these movies in a year. Not my favorite of the franchises, but it's impossible not to respect it on some level. It's so influential. So you mentioned that maybe the first time you encountered it was with the 2003 remake. Is that right? Yeah. I saw, I saw it before. Like, I saw the... <laughs> I saw the one with Matthew McConaughey. What? <laughs> no. Yes, because that came out in like what 94, 95 uh-huh. like around that time. So by like 96, 97 or something, it started coming on TV. So, you know, I was a young warthog and it would be on TV. I definitely remember that movie. And that was my first portrayal of really like, oh, that's Leatherface. Oh, that's Texas Chainsaw. I don't even think I understood that they were eating people. 
at the beginning. I just thought that they were this family that lived out there and they were just, you know, beating people ass when they come in contact with them because they were unwell. And that's what I thought. But mm-hmm. then I'm like, okay, when I watched the 2003 one, and you know, by the time I was 12, 13, I could piece together a little bit more than my six-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old brain could. And I was like, oh. Um, I have to admit something. I have never seen a Next Generation. Am I missing out? Do I need to get in there? No. No. <laughs> Kat wow. said no, and I'm like, um, actually, I want you to watch it at least okay. once. I feel like I have to. I feel like okay. they're playing with, with gender on that one more than usual. It's, um, uh, not, I don't know. I don't know about that one. I, I just feel like you got to put your old eyeballs on it because they do stuff with the character. Because, you know, Leatherface is just a different person almost every movie. And yeah. I'm like, um, who is this guy? Because you clearly have a different Leatherface every time. And I don't mind that. I don't mind that it takes all these detours. They're like side, Texas Chainsaw side missions. But I, I recommend watching it once just because it's fucking nuts like what, what the fuck Matthew McConaughey I just can't believe he's in this movie that is one thing right there so and uh Zanae Zellweger is that yeah. Her name? Yeah. yeah she's also there and she's actually not bad she runs for her life I kind of like her in the position she's in she 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 kind of doesn't fuck around as much oh my god two Oscar winners yeah neat okay I'm gonna have to watch it movie. one day other than the first one, like, what are some of your favorite entries in the Sponkers franchise? Okay, so, like we said, the 2003 version. Yeah. Um, you know, the second one, I'm holding my nose the whole way through, but depending on my mood, it might want to rock something. And then surprisingly, the 2022 version, only because mm. we're really getting a Chainsaw Massacre for real. Like, yeah. That's pretty much it. The storyline, the choices that were made. Okay, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, we're not gonna hold the girl to that one. But for the actual massacre part, yes. Yeah, he really gets a whole bunch of people in the twenty two one. That bus scene yes. is, I have to say, yeah, pretty iconic. Oh. Yeah, yeah, they were hating. They were hating. People were hating what they did with Sally, and um, I get it. I yeah. get it. But also, Sally is only in one movie. There's like ten movies, guys. She's not like throughout the franchise. Relax. I did um, hate it. I have to. I have to be honest and say that I hated the new one. But I do like how violent it is, and some of the scenes were just great. Mostly the bus scene. Yeah, mostly the bus scene. Uh, they made choices, but <laughs> I do like um, the. I like part three mainly because I think a black man survives in that one. So that's nice. Um, Cause you're not, you weren't getting that like 93 that no. that's it was supposed to be a Texas chainsaw massacre movie. Ooh, I think it was Kip for a um, fine. Love him. Uh, I, of course the 2003 version and then, Hmm. I'm trying to think which one. Cause I'm like the newer ones are the ones that the, cause the, the sequel, the beginning, that's too much. That was too much. I was very stressed. It's I was gross. Little, it's too it, gross. It, and it's cruel. Just so fucking cruel. So I feel like the 2003 one is the top top billing for me um, next to maybe part three, which I know a lot of people are going to disagree with that one. I do like two, although the final girl, her scream sends me to hell. But you mm-hmm. know, I still will watch it. I have to say I am a big fan of number two. Um, I don't know if I can back that up with anything. It's just so campy and bizarre. And there's like these long stretches of them running underground. And there's just like lamps and Christmas lights and skeletons. And it just feels like I'm in like a crappy, like haunted house. And I love that about it. Yes. 
Yes. Mm. It's like, it's giving, okay, you know, the last like six years or so, we've been doing a lot of Southern Gothic, like Deep South kind of, you know, they didn't, they, all the Gothic movies you would think about were often like up North, somewhere in England, this castle, <laughs> but a lot of the, and then of course, sometimes they would have it in the South or Louisiana was a hot spot for a Gothic horror, but they're just having like movies where it's like these old Southern houses, those plantations, although I can't stand plantations, they send me to hell, but they all do provide a good setting for horror at mm-hmm. least to me there's because it's already i'm like already dread it's already feeling mm, and then the inside is usually fucking run down mm-hmm. i know it's ghosts in there i know it's ghosts in there oh it's it ghosts is. for days have you seen sharp objects the hbo miniseries no, no i have yet. not oh, but i've you, heard good things you gotta watch it just for me as a personal favor because it really does that southern gothic stuff really really good yeah and it starts patricia clarkson i don't know who she is but she's one of my favorites gay icon lady um, beautiful stuff. Yeah. Who's your favorite Leatherface, like, of the bunch? You were saying that they're all so different. Do you have any, like, any standout faves? Oh, man. Um, fuck. I, I, the OG, of course. I really enjoy him. Mm-hmm. He's a good time, and then he has dance moves, so we love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I like the new, to not do one, the 2003 one, of course, very brutal, doesn't really give the double side of, oh, you know, because the first one is like, oh, he's really just listening to his family. He's kind of, some parts mm-hmm. of him are kind of childlike. Uh, 2003, no, he's, he means business. He is the older cousin in the family and he knows what's up. He's about to get, turn y'all into Salisbury steak. That's what's about <laughs> to happen to y'all and um, Lo Siento. But, you know, I think that, which one? The okay, two is interesting. Although I don't like the movie as much, I think that's an interesting Leatherface because he seems more like sympathetic in the way that oh, I don't mean like, and then he's shifty because he'll be listening, he'll be following directions. So they be like, yeah, you get rid of the girl, and he's like, yeah, I did, and his eyes get all shifty. I'm like, no, nah, bro, you're not listening. <laughs> you're you're a bad child. Like this is going on. You're a teenager who didn't follow the rules, and you're trying to hide it. He's mm-hmm. so weird in part two, and I do appreciate that. Although some of the like sexual undertones are a little uncomfortable, but very uncomfortable. So weird. Uh, yeah, he's scary as hell in two thousand and three. Very like hulking and like undefeatable. Kind of like in the new one too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, he was dangerous in the new one. I was like, oh my god, did he rip so his jaw off? What the fuck? I was like, oh no, this is Michael Myers' behavior. This is out of control. I don't like jaws, and you know something. I feel like every horror fan has like a couple of acts of violence that they just can't handle in horror. And for me, like the number one is scalpings, but it's followed pretty closely by like skinning. And oh. goddamn, this it happens so much in this franchise. Well, they gotta cut the skin off. They're trying to make meats. They're trying to get a good mm-hmm. cut of the meat and I'm stressed. Cause scalping is ooh, but also mm. loose jaws. Ugh. Like anything with exposed Ugh. teeth Ugh. really fucks me up. Oh. Oh, yeah, that shit's nasty. Do you guys, okay, so, like, for me at scalping, do you guys have that one thing? Like, some, I hear a lot of people, like, can't handle, like, fingers breaking. Like, for you, like, what do you not want to see happen in a horror movie? It's uh, people getting their skin peeled up, like, when they get Ooh. pit, like, they peel the skin off. Um, like a grape. Also, yeah, also, you know, anything that when, whenever people <sighs> resort to cannibalism, it's usually, like, cannibalism, mm-hmm. and then they're like, oh, man, I don't know. And then the next scene, they peel the skin off, and I'm like, Ooh. banana peel, and I'm like, please, no, no. I like this. Like, is that? <laughs> that's usually the escalation. Um, anything with the eyes too. Like mm-hmm. when they zoom in on the eyes, and I'm like, oh god, mm. they can't see. So Lucille yeah. Fucci, why are you oh. doing this? <laughs> Please. Yeah. Eyeballs oh, are god. no good. 
Yeah, again, I'm an exposed jaw, broken jaw, or like when you see bones that are like going the opposite way <laughs> of the way they're supposed to go, that that really, I, oh no, like not, not the elbow turned inside out, like please, you know that bone is fucked, oh, yeah. the arm is linguine, I, ooh, that's why that saw trap from like Saw 3 where they start spinning the bones the No, not the way. bone breaker, I think that's Jeez. when I turned that movie off, I have to be honest with you, when the bone breaker came out. That's one of my favorite sequels. I like uh, Saw 3 yeah. better than Saw 1. I know people are throwing tomatoes. Boo. Tomato, tomato, tomato. Don't care. It has wow. some of my favorite traps in I'm there. I'm standing in front. I'm standing in front. Oh. Not you standing in front. Catch the tomatoes, please. It's like that that meme of like the pr- the protector and the person sleeping in the bed. That's you guys. <laughs> um, yeah. James Wan, I think, had a lot to do with part three. I think it's the only other sequel other than the first movie that he like executive produced and like gave the story to. So maybe that's why it's good. Okay. All right. I can see that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you have least favorite entries in this bonkers franchise? Oh, wow. So the 3D, when they say, when she goes, yeah, do your thing, cuz. I say, I know y'all fucking lying. I know y'all fucking lying. Please be fucking for real. Please don't do this to us. Like, (laughs) No, you didn't. But you know, mm, she did. She mm. she did, and um, it it was a choice. Um, she has an Emmy nomination now. That woman for she, the the witch show. She was on the first season of The White Lotus. Okay. Oh wow, yeah. Okay, because I was gonna say for what? <laughs> for Texas Chainsaw 3D, of course. Mm, no, mm-hmm. Leatherface is okay, but it's just really okay. But which and... Leatherface? Oh, you're right. The newer Leatherface, so like 2017 or yes. something like that. It's it's gruesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and for whatever reason, I decided to watch it at 9 a.m. on a Saturday morning Perfect. for the first time I watched it. And um, yeah, it's it's just a gore fest. Story-wise, they really just delete. I don't know what the fuck is going on. That family tree, that Sawyer, whoever family tree is literally crooked as fuck. I don't know. Hmm. Their branches be going all kinds of way. They be deleting cousins and then adding a new sim. I'm like, what the fuck is going on in here? <laughs> There's not a lot of rules. Okay, can I tell you a little bit about Leatherface 2017? Is that it's directed by this French duo. I'm not going to say the names because I'll get it wrong. But they they did a couple of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, they did Inside from mm-hmm. 2007. Wow. But one that I like even more, which is called Livid from 2011. Ooh, I love Livid. I the ballerinas. Love, yeah. I, I saw that in theaters. And I was like, this is, it's just like one of my favorite movies of all time. And I haven't been able to find it. It's not on Shutter Canada and you cannot down that, download that stuff on the internet, not that I would. Oh my God, that's really sad. Because Isn't it was sad? on, because Shudder mm. did like a new French Extreme for a time. And I it, I, that's how I watched it. I watched it on Shudder. I had never seen it before, like what, last year? Mm-hmm. So I think we did it last oh, year. No. Yeah, it, it, I, I, that was so good. I, I, okay, that makes a lot of sense with the gore we see. It's very brutal. The mm-hmm. gore is A1. I enjoy that part. But the rest of it, I'm like, you know what? I don't know, guys. I don't know. The tone is a little bit, like, crooked. It's not quite correct for a Texas Chainsaw movie. It's yeah. not. But it's not a terrible movie. I just... It's, it's not, not the, the worst one. of the nine. I'm so no. upset. It's available to rent right now. <laughs> okay, like, why... I really want... Whoa. I want to bring you stateside just for this. Like, I'm looking at it on the internet right now. It's available. I'm also trying to see if we can find, like, a Blu-ray for you because we know this. You can't. Okay, if anyone finds one, send it to me. And please. And thank you. Okay, I'm just going to search the internet. It's one of yeah, my favorites. 
Because I think you should have that movie. That's really special. Sm- and I hope it. Good. Watch, I finally get it again, and I'm like, oh, this? No. No, I think it's still going to be my fave. You know when you imprint on a movie, even if it's bad? You're like, this is now my movie? That's how I feel. It's like, oh, it doesn't matter. You watch it at a, a pivotal time in your life. Mm-hmm. So that's all that is. But I watched it as a grown-up, and I had not seen it at a pivotal, pivotal time in my life. And I still really liked it. So It's so bizarre. Okay, people at home maybe don't know what it's about. So it's like this: these two people or three people break into this woman's house who turns out to be a vampire slash ballerina teacher slash I don't know what else. And it's very like gothic fantasy, almost Guillermo del Toro energy, but on a budget. And it's just insane. I love it. It's um, definitely very gothic. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Once you said that, I was like, oh, you're right. It does, Like when they make her defeat, do, you know what? Mm-hmm. Watch Livid. If you can find Livid, I think it's worth the money. And so uh-huh. is Frontiers. Oof. I can't, I can't sometimes with the French Extreme because I'm a little tiny baby. I love French Extreme. And that's why my friend said she's not talking to me right now because I made her watch Titan. And she <laughs> is not dealing with my shit. She was like, did she just... Fuck that. Yes. Yes. That's what happened. That's the easiest part of the movie. <laughs> like <laughs> The rest of it's even scarier and more nasty. Yeah. And she was like, wait a minute. This is wild. I was like, it's just getting started. And she was like, oh, God. <laughs> Although nothing in that movie compares to one scene in Raw where she goes to like the school doctor and they like, do you know what I'm talking about? And they like look at her wound and they like remove mm. a crunchy bit and I've never been the same ever since. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's been a while, but yeah. Mm. No. Mm. Too gross for me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, Before we move on to the world of James Wan, I'm wondering, have you guys been keeping up to speed with this new Texas Chainsaw Massacre video game that's on the horizon? I have heard whispers, but I know nothing else. And you know mm. what? Would it be like uh, Friday? Because I do enjoy Friday the 13th, where kind of mm-hmm. you, you ride and then your car breaks down and you have to survive. And maybe what if there's more than one way to survive and more than one way to lose? Oh, that would be great. Or you just play like on a, with, uh, online with your friends and all of y'all try to escape the family. Um That'd it's the, it's exactly the same. In fact, it's by the same studio that made that game, so it's very Ooh. similar. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, I would pay money. I would pay top same. dollar. And you can play as the family, so like you're not just you're not just uh, Leatherface. You can be like different members of the family, and they're making new members too, or your people trying to escape. And like, oh, it looks, <laughs> it looks. I'm sorry, terrifying. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. Um, I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm so scared of video games. There's something about playing horror that is just like a next dimension of un- I cannot do it. Well, I love the Friday the 13th game. It's it was so, so good. Yeah. But you know what? What's the less scary part? Play the monster. No, then I it's can't. Like- it's too hard. Okay. Oh! <laughs> it's so hard. I've never I'm always Jason. I'm oh, always course. Jason. I'm like, yes. If I'm I Jason, don't know how to no. escape. Oh my god, if I'm Jason, I'm literally the asshole that just leaves and everyone has to restart the game because I'm like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> no, That's I me. chase people around and I see, you know, if they beat me, they beat me. If they they always okay. beat me. They always beat me. It's just so sad. I've won but times. I can really make it work as a counselor, though, depending, you know, like the goth girl could really mm-hmm. get her, I could really make her survive. 
So yeah, and if you play with fun people, they y'all they have a plan. They'd be like, all right, so we go stand behind this door. I watched like a Twitch video or a YouTube video. They was like, look, we see him outside. He about to come through the door. And everybody had weapons. It was like as soon as he cut through the door, <laughs> whoop his ass. So as soon as he cut through the door, they all started beating the shit out of Jason, That's and then funny. they beat his ass and ran away and pretty much escaped. I was like, look at y'all banded together to beat his ass. I love this. What if we made like a Dread Podcast Network Friday the Thirteenth game? I would, I, mean, I would be into that. I would play. I, I'd play. I'm not going to lie, because like I said, I'd, I'd play. It'd be a good time. I've heard so rumors. I, I haven't played in a long time, but I've heard rumors that you can't play anymore, that like the game has like, been shut down or something negative happened with it because of the rights, but I'm speaking out of my butt. I don't really know what I'm talking about, but Ooh, that'd be sad. I don't, I don't know about that, but now I'm about to look it up because- <gasps> You found me what? a link. You found me a link. I'm going to buy yes. it. <gasps> okay, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm going to have to buy an all-region player. I'll do it. I'll do it. Do you guys feel ready and inspired to jump into the the spooky, ooky world of Dreams 1? Yes, yes, yes. Wow. (laughs) Okay, so before we head into the unmade Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, the reason that we're all here today, I want to take a moment to pay our respects to Mr. James Wan, who, I'm going to say it, revolutionized horror, not once, but like multiple times, in my opinion, Famous for writing and directing Saw in 2004. Um, what are our feelings about this movie, Saw? Are we fans? Are we not fans? Where does it, where does it land for us? Wow. Um, I feel like I'm simultaneously, like I'm one of the five people that's keeping this franchise on just going, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's you. Um, you already know. The whole franchise, I'm carrying it on my back. I have my mm-hmm. hands pointed to my back right now. Let's go. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> um, I I have not seen all of it because I'm I, I've mentioned it before. I'm like a I'm a little baby, and it's, sometimes it's kind of hard. It's too nasty. It's nasty. But the first one's great, and so is the second one. There's something very Canadian about the second movie that, as a Canadian, is very comforting to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. It, it, explain. Well, it's filmed in Canada. All of the actors in it are Canadian, and you can just tell that it's a Canadian production on some level. And I don't know, maybe you have to be Canadian to like clock Canadian productions, even if they're Hollywood. But that one just reeks it, especially all of the cast that are not the leads. It's just like very Canadian. Okay. I understand because um, I'm like, I'm American. So I'm like, oh no. Okay. Another example of like a clearly Canadian horror movie is Jason X. Everything about that movie is full. Fully, fully Canadian. I love that movie. Yeah, I do too. I really do too. I actually just watched it this past Friday the 13th and it's uh, obviously incredible. Yes. Although I, I'm always standing up for part eight and I think I was wrong for doing that. Wait, which one is part eight? Manhattan. Uh, I don't hate part eight. I don't no. think it's a terrible movie. I just think it was misnamed. You shouldn't have named it. He goes to Manhattan if y'all were going to spend all of seven seconds in Manhattan. And I'm like, well, y'all should have did some... Okay, I'm not encouraged. That's breaking the law. But back in the 70s and shit, they was doing like a real shoot look. We just gonna pull up with the camera in New York and we just gonna be in New York. <laughs> they were like, fine. You cannot do that. Um, But yeah, I'm like, well, why did... Y'all could have... Y'all didn't even need much of a plot. You could have just dropped off Jason in New York and it would have been fine. Feels budgetary to me. But I like the boat stuff. Especially that scene where they're on like the party room or like the dance room. It's very vibey. Like that's my skin in my rink. It's like that moment in that movie. But it's it's pretty bad. You can feel the franchise kind of like losing its grip for that movie. Okay, but back to James Wan. So Saw, huge hit, but it was followed by two consecutive flops. We had Death Sentence and Dead Silence in 2004. 
both movies significant like financial failures and put them in director's jail for a couple of years which is just not fair because i'm a ginormous fan of dead silence personally i don't know me too we love it we covered it it's i because girl what how the fuck y'all was hating (laughs) first of all it had great gothic tones Mm -hmm. i love the coloring that puppet was scary the story was good fuck y'all y'all was fucking hating and i don't appreciate that shit and y'all was trying to put james Wan in a in a a little jail because y'all was hating y'all was (laughs) mad you were upset that he was giving you greatness and you could not live up to it you tried to shut him down because i'm like some shit y'all could have just gave him a little more money and it would have solved some of the fucking problems but no now the Mm -hmm. other movie you're talking about i cannot defend because I do not know about that movie, but I will defend Dead Silence. I don't give a fuck. It's one of my favorite movies ever. So I'm really happy to hear your passion for this incredible movie. Where is the Mary Shaw origin series? How good would that yes. be? Listen, yeah. Want that today. And it, you know who she kind of reminds me of too is, I forgot her name, but the Tooth Fairy from Darkness Falls. I feel like yes. they could team up. Oh my god, yes. What we covered those movies together. I, you know what? I know that. And I listened to it. So <laughs> maybe that is my, in my subconscious. What was her name? Do you remember offhand? You did it the episode. Like mm, Matilda Capilda? Or like... Please not Matilda Capilda. <laughs> I gotta look it up because um, I I don't know what her name was. I, I knew Too when we talked lady. about it. Two fairy lady, Kathleen. Mm-hmm. Please, <laughs> I wonder if she does have like a name. I'm looking at the. She um, has a, like a spooky right now. Name. Absolutely, she did. She really did. I, I love Darkness so. Falls. I keep being like, we gotta make a sequel. It was Matilda Dixon, I think. Oh my um, god, did I get it right? You get you got the first name right. No, I got um, both so because right. <laughs> I'm looking. Okay, yeah. Mary Sean, Matilda Dixon, like power couple. Yes, I support that. Whatever, <laughs> think about that. Um. Okay. Yeah. So he went to director's jail because the world is just not fair, and he had this ginormous comeback in 2010 with Insidious, which is actually one of the the most profitable horror films of all time, made for about a million bucks and earned like I don't know sixty or seventy times that back. I am a huge fan of the Insidious movies, personally. It's like my favorite type of like spooky soundstage horror. Other James Wan movies include Furious 7, Aquaman, Malignant, and of course, the recently released Megan, which he produced. Where'd you guys sit with Megan? How'd you like it? It was fun. Yeah, it, was. it was fun. I'm not, it's, I'm not convinced that it like knew it was camp in its first iteration. Like I feel like they went back after the trailer went viral and kind of like mm, camped it up a little bit, but that's okay because at the end of the day, the best camp, in my opinion, doesn't know that it's camp. So I appreciate it. Yeah, but also he made malignant and some other stuff. I don't know. I think that might have been a little bit. On some purpose. of that might have been on purpose. Some of some of it, maybe not all of it. I didn't like but malignant. some of it. I, like I liked Malignant. I liked it. It was fancy. Although I have seen Basket Case and quite a few other movies. So I'm like, no. But also I like Jalo films. And mm-hmm. it's except like a really it had Jalo elements, but it was like, oh, a ridiculous one. Like some of the wigs, some of the I was like, this is a choice. The wigs. This oh is, is a choice. But I still kind of support it. And I definitely support that jail cell scene. I just it feels very mask for mask to me. It feels like kind of like a I don't know, a masculine movie and then when dead silence feels so queer 
to me, even though I sort of just put that on it myself. So that's kind of where I landed with it. Does that make sense to anyone outside of me? You know what? I, I know. mean, that's fine. Because, you know, there's... <laughs> Thank you. I mean, because here's the thing. Like, we all find things in different movies that we align with. So I see the vision, but also, like, you know, you're you. So you can walk with what stands out to you. Shout out to you for that. Oh, my God. Thank you. Okay, so... If you're okay with it, I think we finally made it to the main event, which is this unmade James Wan Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Can I give you guys a bit of a rundown about what this was going to look like? Yes, yes. please. Okay. Back in 2006, uh, we, Twisted Pictures, who were behind Saw and were big supporters of James Wan and Evolution Studios, wanted to get in on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game. I believe this was just after the second Platinum Dunes film. Uh, this time around... They were going to have to get the approval of Toby Hooper and Kim Henkel, original creators. And that was going to be a little bit more difficult because for the Platinum Dunes movies, they were just going to go in there and make it and everyone was just going to get a paycheck. This time they all kind of had to work together. So uh, the studios approached Mr. Steven Susco. He is the man responsible for writing The Grudge and The Grudge 2, the American films, and went on to write and direct Unfriended Dark web here's my question for the two of you how'd you feel about those two first grudge american films yes big fans that's a, that's a big Kat, yes cat's a fan I, i'm not a fan of the grudge films it's uh, the sound it's the sound yeah cat I know takes they the sound the ring was better for me well yeah um, personally but the grudge it's just the plot didn't make enough sense especially when i watched it at that age the plot was not doing it for me because i had so much trouble following it and i was just like so this ghost is mad because okay so what that got to do with everybody else and then i was like all right well um all right um i don't think it's bad i just really prefer the ring okay well the, I, in my opinion there's no competition the ring is like in a different league but the grudge is okay how do we feel about sarah michelle geller are we buffy people or not so much yes like, amen like yes 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 Thank I support you, thank her. You, thank you, thank you. I didn't like Unfriended Dark Web. I was such a huge fan of the first movie. And the second one kind of came out as a bit of a, like, a, kind of a wet fart. Did you see the second one? I have. I've seen both of them. I, okay. First of, first of all, both of those movies are kind of mid to me. The first one <laughs> was like mid, but also, why y'all, why y'all bully that girl because of what happened? That's really rude. That was really, un, mm-hmm. um, like, y'all deserve everything that happened to you. <laughs> the second movie, I like, I kind of liked what happened because it was more realistic. Also, mm-hmm. some of that digital, some of the choices they made. Like, they didn't have to do that. They could have, like, why y'all digitize the people in and out the frame? That girl, it scares do me. I'm like, they're, they're all so distorted. It's not okay. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you go on the dark web. You shouldn't have got on that little boat. You should have minded <laughs> your fucking business and you should have left that laptop where the fuck it was. Yeah. But you made a choice. Uninstall Tor. Don't install Tor browser. So, this Mr. Susco, and he was the one brought in to develop Texas Chainsaw Massacre, potentially for James Wan to direct. And he was also involved in the development phase as well. Susco said a couple of times that the idea kind of all began with the thought of, what does Leatherface want? What makes Leatherface tick? And so I'm going to provide that question to the two of you, because I am curious, what is this this fella after? What's his whole deal? What's his childhood trauma? What do you think? I don't 
don't know because I'm like growing up in that house, like I know his brain scrambled, first of all, because <laughs> that family is not like the way they show love, the way they reward you for doing really fucked up shit, the way they kind of cash you out if you don't follow the rules. They're abusive. They definitely be hitting him and shit and calling him like, you know, calling him fu- fucked up names, kind of insulting his intelligence. I don't know because I'm like, he's just a wild card, maybe because he's doing certain stuff for the approval of his family. So that's mm-hmm. like part of it. But then once he, as he gets older, or, you know, he has his own desires. So he kind of follows that a little bit. But again, kind of like in a situation where he's not developed enough to really like balance them both well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that, that's what I don't know. Cause I'm like, mm, I think that it's your family. I think your family is really driving you to do things that they're kind of, your, your family is your whole personality. Like, you do everything for them. You live with them. You're making these sausages out of people. you wearing other people's face. Like, anybody tell you to do that? They are encouraging this shenanigans. They sure are. And I think it's like all his bullshit is family-driven for the most part. Mm-hmm. I was going to say peace. Because a lot of it, like, even sometimes, you know, it seems like in various films, like Leatherface is like, man, fuck my family. So when they get to that, that kind of mode... They just be going off of like, oh, I'm trying to sit up here and, you know, sew these faces together and crochet these these body parts together, whatever. And now somebody else in the house. I'm tired of these guests. And it just that's what it gives to me. So maybe a combination of peace and family. Like, they got a lot going on. So they just try to make a shake mm-hmm. in the world. I think I feel that. Because with someone like Michael Myers, it's pretty simple. He just like, I don't know, wants to kill his family. Is that that was his whole deal? I don't know if you can ask a question like that with Leatherface in the same way. Is it kind of like a misle- misled place to begin? I don't know. But another kind of uh, red flag was that allegedly, and according to this Joe Blow source, Lionsgate at the time had a couple of um, needs for this film if it was ever going to see the light of day. Apparently they wanted to lean it towards a PG-13 rating and they absolutely were like, like really wanted it to be in 3D because 3D was all the rage at the time Mm. and they didn't want to see any cannibalism in it. Excuse me. This is what they say. Yeah. No, girl. Do you know the? Do you know what movie you're making, bitch? Because that don't make no motherfucking sense. Also, there is no such thing as a PG thirteen fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. There's no such thing. Like the idea of what that family does, you can't really effectively do it to me PG thirteen wise to make it gritty as bloody. Like that is what the franchise is. There are certain franchises that you can't like Hellraiser. Why would there be a PG thirteen Hellraiser? That's stupid. That's dumb. Like, no, like something like for Michael Myers, there should not be. And I feel like there might be. Are there PG-13? No. Halloween? Okay. There should like none of them should be PG-13 because that's not the kind of franchise you're making. The Conjuring, you could do a PG-13. You know, hauntings, some demon. You could do PG-13, but certain things, certain killers, that has to be a rated R movie to do it well. If you don't want to make it a rated R movie, you don't want to make a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. And that's Mm -hmm. okay. That's okay. You just got to step out the ring. Okay? That's not... I almost have a hard time fully... Even though Joe Blow doesn't go wrong, but I have a hard time believing it. Because, like, what kind of idiot would put this on a PG-13 direction? But another... uh, I got. I don't want to say rumor, but a, another alleged fact about this production was that some people at Lionsgate reportedly had not seen the original film, and this is potentially what led to Juan dropping out. So it does kind of sound like things were messy 
a little bit and it's a, probably a good thing it never made it to the finish line yes um. because it would have been a fucking hot mess um because mm-hmm. one thing Texas Chainsaw Massacre has is depravity. Like, period. It's the, some kind of depravity, or there's people getting eaten, that weird sex stuff that they're always doing. Um, just the, the the level of must on the film, honestly, is worth a rated R. I don't mm-hmm. think children should be seeing that kind of musty-ass shit. I'm sorry. It's gonna, it's gonna rattle their brains. Even the title is enough to just be like, this is R. This, the title's scary enough. So... Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me either. Um, would you be okay if I gave you a little bit of the world, like what could have been in this film? Because I find it interesting and I have questions for you. So yeah. in Jason Jenkins' Bloody Disgusting interview with Susco, uh, the writer revealed that he had actually researched cannibalism in Texas and interestingly found that there was a tribe of Native Americans named the uh, Tonkawa tribe who practiced ritualistic cannibalism. And so the writer was then inspired to use this for the story in the guy's research. He also found that the tribe possibly worked together with Texas Rangers and even the U.S. military and were rumored to perform cannibalistic rituals before battle. And from what I've heard, it was definitely ingrained in the script, so much so that at the very opening scene, when you see Sally escape at the end of the first film, she's actually like on the back of uh, like the tribe's truck and they kill her with an axe to the head. Oh. My first question is like, I watched Prey this weekend and that like worked great. And they really tackled sort of like indigenous subject matter kind of effectively do you think that the texas chainsaw massacre franchise could have ever managed something similar i think it would have been messy and problematic i okay. I'm just, just i'm gonna run right on out and say it because i just i no 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 yeah. why is he brought up i know it's nobody in digits in the room coming up with this idea like exactly just everybody no. just no although i haven't read the script um i don't know if anyone involved with prey were indigenous or or native american i i don't know but i assume in this case yeah that was not that was not true for this production especially because this is 2006 before a lot of these conversations were happening <laughs> Definitely, I mm, I don't know, guys. I'm like, please don't do this. Please yeah. just keep this is Texas. Like, just keep it. Just just keep it that. Don't try to turn this into some fucking Native American burial ground shit. Y'all already is on thin ice with oh, yeah. that fucking shit. Leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Okay, leave it alone. Keep it as these motherfuckers who live here. They are making sausages and chili out of people. I think what's a better representation is keeping it as because you see that in the later movies where you know they taking a fucking like they, they they can't make money the town to dry it up they can't make no money and they got to resort to certain shit to stay alive so that's part of the reason although I feel like y'all could y'all could have made it different you didn't have to make people hot dogs you didn't have to do that but you know. They, they they did that, but it's more like financially driven, like because there's nothing in the towns. You go to the gas station, it's desolate. Honestly, it looks like the hills have eyes on them. There's not much there. Those towns look like they could be literally next to each other to mm-hmm. me. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite things about this franchise is that like a desert ghost town, abandoned gas station, hills have eyes energy. And I do think that's where it succeeds the most. Can I give you a little bit more of the plot that I found from the script? Because it is kind of interesting. So it, yes, so it follows immediately the events of the first film. And then we fast forward 40 years and Leatherface has been placed by his family to work in a slaughterhouse. And he's working for this really cool older couple who have replaced his mask 
with a cloth mask and it's actually uh, screwed into his face, which sounds really grotesque and kind of cool. And so there's this new kind of iconic mask for the film, which I would have been interested in seeing what that would have looked like. Of course, Leatherface sort of breaks loose, murders these old people. He's sort of gigantic and undefeatable, something along the lines of what he was like in the 2022 version. And I think I mentioned this earlier, but rumor has it this was supposed to be a trilogy. And this trilogy was going to be set over three days. And allegedly, the idea was James Wan was potentially going to direct number one. Toby Hooper was going to be brought back potentially to direct number two. And Neil Marshall, um, I believe the director of The Descent, was going to be maybe brought in for the third one. Um, What do we think of these three for potential TCM modern trilogy? I don't know about this, guys. I don't know. About, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, mm, I don't. To be fair, like I've seen some of their work, so I'm like, I, I see your work, but it doesn't give off TCM. Like it doesn't. But not to say they couldn't do it. Some people we put mm-hmm. in a box because of what they're allowed to make and what you know production companies see that you make well. So they're gonna be like, no, you're gonna make this kind of movie because that's what I know that you know how to make well and you can make a return. Mm-hmm. Versus, you know, let me just let you make some shit I've never seen you make before because you don't know if it's gonna be good or not. And for me right now, I'm at the feeling of I don't know if this is gonna be good, guys. I don't mm, I, I would have to I would have to see it. I would have to see it with my eyes. I would like to see it. I mean I've never seen James Wan direct something that isn't like beautiful and that doesn't look amazing but i don't know if this was it if this was going to be the right thing for him and i think he made the right choice of backing out to make insidious instead yeah better choice because here's the thing like yes i think i would have pressed play regardless but i know there are other people who are not standing at my level of chaos (laughs) so insidious was definitely the better choice shout out to you mr james Wan. 100% 100% I love those movies you know what I don't think the third one gets enough love I don't know how you feel but the third one to be like really spooky and weird so Insidious 3 uh, one other fact about these unmade movies that I find interesting was that they were going to have Leatherface in multiple masks depending on the mood and activity that he was participating in so for example which is a little heteronormative but if he was like making food he was going to be wearing the mother mask which was sort of effeminate or if he was like going to be chasing people down, it was going to be like a more rough masculine look, which is, I don't know how I feel about it, but it would have been interesting to see variations of his mask in one film. Um, final question for you guys is, how does this all sound? And do we wish we could have seen it? Okay. Um, I, all right. I feel as though if they would have had it rated R, right? They left it ready and let James Wan do what he does. I would have liked to see James Wan test Chase Hall Massacre. Because the real thing is, out of like 10 of the movies, like, yeah, it's like, what, nine, 10 movies. Uh, many of them are not that good, okay? It would have been fine to let him do it because I am sure it would not have been the worst movie in the bunch. But also, I'm someone who is, I'm willing to take some gambles on horror. I'm willing to see, let, let him make it. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. I don't think production companies are like, let them make it, see what happens. They want to see the return. I'm like, no, I kind of want to see this just to see what the fuck will happen, whether it's good or bad. So I personally would like to see it. I want to know how James Wan is going to utilize the fog machine because you know he is. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
yeah, I was very curious to how it was going to look. Okay. All right. And cat. I, <laughs> once again, I would, if this was a thing, I think I would have pressed play just out of curiosity. Um, so I'm in the fence. I'm on the fence. I'm mm. going to say, I, I, I wish this was a thing because I just want to know where this is going. Only if it's rated R, like Jazz said, because the PG-13, I'm already a little leery, just like, all right, like, I'm surprised I liked Megan as much as I did. So, mm. yeah, okay. no, has to be rated R, has to be able to go there like Degrassi, um, especially if it has this chaotic lineup and chaotic storyline. It has to be rated R, otherwise it's like, I'm one of the few people that liked the MTV Scream TV show, which was like if scream was pg-13 so maybe there is a world where it would work i just cannot envision yeah i think that it sounds i'm not fully briefed i haven't read it i don't know for sure but it sounds like they were potentially going down some inroads with this one that maybe would not stand the test of time so that's one of the reasons i'm thinking maybe it was a pretty good idea for this to sort of slip away but i do think it would have been really interesting to get a new trilogy a la the Blumhouse Halloween films with James Wan, Pooper, and Marshall. I mean, these are horror heroes to say the least, but I don't know. Okay, into the world of conclusions, Mm -hmm. I have some questions that it's going to have to type into your psychic abilities somewhat. And I want to know, what do you believe the future of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise looks like? Are we going to see more films? Is it going to be theatrical? Is it going to be a TV series? Like, what is next for this franchise? I feel like I smell another reboot. Like, Mm. they cannot keep away from this franchise. They tried to do it in the early aughts and bring it back. Um, You know, especially around that 3D, everything in 3D. And and there were a lot of choices made. Um, Of course, we have the 2022 film. And story-wise, there were a lot of choices made. Um, The best part about it was all the blood, guts, and ass. And really, wow, if we could just you know, leave with this and maybe play catch up with the story. Maybe mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see all what is going on, but you know, but a lot of people weren't really feeling the 2022 one. So I'm pretty sure someone's going to pop back up with a reboot of this whole shaboop and I'm prepared to be pissed. <laughs> Interesting. I think that's a good take. Okay. So I feel like they're definitely going to make another movie because although people had a lot to say about that new movie, they were talking about it. Oh. You know, it was popular. It was Literally fucking uh, trending. Everyone was like, yeah, whoa. So they're going to make another movie. I don't know if it's going to be the same person. I don't know if they're going to take heed to kind of some of the criticisms and kind of apply those, but mm-hmm. still keep the Texas, the Chainsaw Massacre part of it because people really responded well to that. So I'm like, y'all could kind of mesh the two ideas of having the family, but also the massacre in there. You can, you can do that. That could be done. They're not going to leave it alone. Like Kat said, you're not just like... Friday the 13th, although they've left it alone for a while, you know it's always some talks, a game, a show, something that they're going to make. You know, Halloween, they're going to keep remaking that. Even most horror films that are really iconic have some kind of remake. The Blob, you know, The Fly, um, House on Haunted Hill, like 13 Ghosts. You can go back as far as, you know, the third Nosferatu has how many remakes. Dracula has how many remakes. Mm -hmm. Like, you could go back to in the beginning of time. There's always going to be a remake for something iconic. And because Texas Chainsaw Massacre is iconic, it is. They're going to make another one. I think it's going. they're going to take it back musty because that was the big critique. It wasn't musty enough. It definitely felt like they um, 
they sprayed water over the franchise, but didn't use soap. So it was cleaner, but still a little, mm, but that's not the brand of the franchise. So they're going to bring the must back and then keep the blood. Mm -hmm. I think that they're going to keep, I think they're going to keep Leatherface brutal because that is for the extendo horror nerds who like to dissect what kind of person Leatherface is. Everyone's not fucking doing that. Okay. Everyone's like, yeah, man, big man chainsaw. Woo. That's, that's what they're going to, they're going to say that. And I need people to understand that. Yes, there are nuances to the character. They exist, but a lot of people are not even picking up on those. They just came to see some, somebody with a chainsaw cut people to fuck up. If they want the nuances, they can go back and watch the movies with the nuance. But I think they're going to come back bloody and musty again they're gonna remake this movie they're not gonna stop i think you're right and you're both right like the most recent one super successful i think it did really well on netflix but there was a lot of sort of critical feedback so in my opinion i think they might go into like a very different direction next time around um i think a24 right now has their hands on the friday the 13th franchise for a tv series and i would not be surprised if like a similarly prestige house took in this franchise and tried to like gussy it up a little bit and try to make it a little bit, you know, more serious and dark to see how that plays. I could see them going in a very different direction next time. And maybe it'd be interesting. I don't know. So that's what I think. All right. Where can you guys be found online? If you so wish to be found. Yes. Well, you can find us both at all things Girl That's Scary. If you put Girl That's Scary into the Google machine, um, it'll pop up on our website. Um, we're on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Girl That's Scary. Um, Girl That's Scary stuff. Uh, amazing. And um, what about your personal accounts? Do you want to drop those? I am at Danny the Kid on all the things. Yeah, and I am at Smoking Aces. The I is a one, so you can find me there. Uh, amazing. And thank you both so much for coming on Development Hell. It's been a long time coming. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to Development Hell. If you enjoy this podcast, then please do us a major favor of leaving us five stars and writing a positive review. It really makes all the difference in the world. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode of Development Hell. Thank you for listening to the Dread Podcast Network. <laughs>